<laughs> Hi guys, welcome back. Question the answer. Welcome. We have a whole slew of topics for you today. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna start right with COVID booster updates. Everyone's favorite. Everyone's <laughs> favorite. I actually, I don't. I had to research this. I'm like, where are we at with well, COVID? It's almost boosters? like remember COVID. Did everyone forget? Because I feel like that's kind of been wiped. But however. There's apparently going to be a fall campaign for a new booster shot. So, of course, we're going to start hearing about it again um, because there's a new strain, I believe. It's called XBB 1.5. So they wanted, the FDA wanted the vaccine companies to alter the vaccine to target this strain, which sounds super trustworthy and, like, safe, (laughs) (laughs) considering everything that happened before. I just want to be in the room where it happens when they're, like, we're going to name it this. That's what I said. In my thing, I said, who's naming these? Do they spin a wheel? And, <laughs> and they just, just take the letters. The letters that come up. And numbers. It sounds like oh. my five-year-old trying to write like a sentence. And I, the maybe they, they do. Pick. Maybe they just go home and be like, hey, little Johnny. <laughs> As I'm looking up COVID booster information, because I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I've never gotten the vaccine. I have Same. no interest in getting the vaccine. I think that getting it naturally and building immunity the natural way. Which I, I think majority of people at this point in time probably have gotten it. I don't need government to save my life. I can do it myself. So I've kind of lost touch with this episode, with this episode. (laughs) I've lost touch with this whole issue because it's, for me, it's always been on the back burner. I just am curious. I would be curious to talk with somebody who, or, you know, multiple people who are thinking, yes, I'm going to get this new fall booster shot and and why they would do it at this point i have a, from I, everything that's come out i would be very curious just to understand like the I, thought process i have the statistics it's um it's not gonna be shocking but i i went a little rogue here because i blame this particular individual but my very opening picture to my notes was joe biden with his mask like all over <laughs> his face because he's joe biden so then i got into the weeds because joe biden on a bad day just makes me laugh and giggle this is um, Joe Biden searching, but in this particular searching. search, it's for his mask. Oh, he's oh, going back. With the hair flowing. <laughs> God. Gets his, oh, can't find it. Oh, there's Nance. Nancy doesn't even help him. She's like, you're on your own. <laughs> Still can't find it. But no one else is wearing one. This man knows two rules in his life. Put your mask on. And don't answer questions but from the press. Look at all of these people around him. No one's wearing it. It's. I mean, it's Joe. What do you? What do you? Joe. So there's our president looking for his mask, and then that got me really into the weeds. With <laughs> a little montage, a little montage of our leader and commander eating, eating his ice cream. This is the best. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, we've all fallen upstairs, but man. Oh, there's something wrong with his foot. Oh, there he's got it on. Oh, he's sleeping. <laughs> he's asleep. <laughs> Nighty night. <laughs> I think that's like one of the biggest conferences in the world that Mr. Biden is at, Mr. President Biden. Remember when they were offering cheeseburgers to people and fries if you got the vaccine? Mm-hmm. That was a good time. I wonder whose idea that was. That literally had the to fact come that from they thought the Ameri- like how dumb do they think we are? 
Like how I think they think we're pretty. That's dumb. what I mean. Like you. That was Mayor De Blasio. That's right. Of New York City. Mm. When he was, he was eating office. it on camera yes. too, right? He was like, "Oh, this is good. You guys can have one too if you get the vaccine." <laughs> and it's like, really? You guys can have one too. <laughs> Just shoot yourself up with this deadly virus and you can have a tasty Whopper. That was my father's with favorite uh, sandwich in the world was a Whopper. And we talked about the need Whopper. for us yeah. to be able to have some kind of modus operandi. We dealt modus with operandi. Sure the so as I'm watching bad. this, then <laughs> my brain the moves. Takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable? <laughs> no, it is not. Because you have the Afghan troops have 300,000 well-equipped, as well-equipped as any army in the world and an Air Force against something like 75,000 Taliban. It is not inevitable. Do I trust the Taliban? No. The Taliban. Do I trust the capacity of the Afghan... What's that song? Hey, Mr. Taliban, Tali me my nana. Is that, I know that's <laughs> is wrong. Is that what it says? I don't know. I don't think so. So uh, then... <laughs> so yeah, then I'm that, pretty sure he's not saying Taliban. <laughs> So that got me on to oh. to vomit. No, Seeing it. Say that back then. That there was going to be no issue with the Taliban. Mm. Yeah. It was just incredible. Yeah. Think he was wrong? Oh. <laughs> so then that got me to this wonderful video, oh. mm-hmm. which is probably hands down one of my favorites. We're just going to use the next 15 minutes for this. It's just, it's on, it's on a loop. What do you think Jill and Joe's conversations are like at home? <laughs> just the two of them. Now that would be a good reality TV show. I would watch it. It would be like the Osbournes, but just, you know, White House edition. More mumbling. Are we really going to just keep listening Yeah, I mean, it's great. I want you guys to like fall asleep thinking of this I wonder how tonight. you make this like your ringtone. <laughs> she's so enthusiastic. The hands. She's so enthusiastic about it. She's literally speaking Spanish, but with the Italian hand gesture. Well, she's trying to be, you know, diverse. I get it. So say it with me. If if we play this one more time, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna jump off a glass. Okay. So that's that's like where I started with my um, boosters, because you know it's just. Well, that's, it's like, look who, you know, look who's leading it. That's and our leaders, ladies and gentlemen, Jill yeah. and Joe. I just think it's amazing that really COVID kind of fell off, right? It's no longer, a state, we're no longer in a state of emergency, you Once know. again, though, you still have people wearing masks. You do. And I think you're always going, I mean, at this point, I think those people that still do that are going to continue to you do know, that I forever. You know, I finally saw my surgeon's face. He didn't have a mask on the Isn't list. is weird when you see somebody you don't? And now you're like, oh, that's what you look like. I go, it's so wonderful to see your face. He goes, I know. Thank God they let us take them off. I was like, because I go, I think you should know if you're standing next to the guy who does surgery on your right? body. If you're standing in Wegmans, you know, you should know what know. they look like. I know. And so as I'm doing a little more research, did you see this OAN story? So OAN is um, One American News. Patient Zero report. Mm. The Wuhan... Wuhan lab scientists researching coronaviruses were the first to contract COVID-19. Oh, 
I heard about that. So scientists working on the novel coronaviruses at the Wuhan Institute of Virology were, in fact, the first individuals to ever contract COVID-19. Are we surprised? No. No. I, I mean. No. Um, they even have their names. Ben Hu Ping. Go for it, Megan. Ping Zhu. And Schellenberger. Yeah. No, below that. <laughs> you just wrote oh. the same. <laughs> And Yan Zhu. Yan, Yan Zhu. Zhu. Yeah, very good. So Ben Hu, who is known as the Bat Lady, dubbed the Bat Woman of China for her work on SARS-like coronaviruses of bat origin since the COVID-19 pandemic has traced back to Wuhan Zeng, oh, and has now been under intensive investigation. Hmm. This is bad. Investigation that's going to go nowhere. nowhere. Right. Nowhere. Which is great. That's but great. they are now identifying that this is where it started. And once again, it's not that it shocks everybody, but it's nice to just have it in writing sometimes um, that this is kind of what we're finding. Now, China is going to deny this all the way up and down the coastline. But yeah, I mean, I think we all know this. But again, yeah, great. It's under investigation. But I guarantee you we're not going to hear anything about it. Nothing's going to be done about it. And we're like, we're still coming out with new new booster shots. So... And apparently there's many people who th- who would who have agreed to get it if it was more of a yearly booster, like the flu shot. But I don't know. You know what else is amazing? J&J, who was one of the, mm. you know, vaccine distributors, they apparently are doing away with that vaccine. <laughs> and for multiple reasons. So I think, remember when the, the J&J was the one shot, right? You didn't have to get two. It was the yeah, one, the one they discontinued because it was causing blood clots. So there was, I think, killing six people. women. And I'm sure there's more at this point. But it all started with these six women, I think ranging from like 18 to maybe in the 30s, who were getting these rare blood clots for after getting that vaccine. So then they kind of paused it and they were they reviewed it. But they that a year later after that, they still allowed it to move forward if... There was no other vaccine available for an individual 18 and older. With a disclaimer. With a disclaimer. But they still allowed it, still made it available. Plus, all these drug companies have full immunity. Correct. This was put into place by um, uh, President Reagan way back in the 80s. Um, You know, I listened to the Joe Rogan podcast Mm -hmm. and it had Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on there. Very interesting podcast. I have a couple of key points from him, but... One of the things I got educated on is where that immunity came from. So the drug companies went to the president because they were losing so much money in lawsuits against their vaccines that they had to go to the government and say, we need full immunity from our vaccines. And Reagan looked at them and said, well, why don't you just make the vaccines safe? (laughs) And they basically argued their way out of this, saying there's no way to make a vaccine safe because you have to put a toxic element in the vaccine, pair it with the dead virus cells to mount an immune response in the body. Back then it was mercury. So I thought that was very, very, the deep dive he took into that that education, I appreciate it because mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I didn't know that they had full immunity. I mean, maybe I did, but they, they you can't basically, if something happens to you. You're out of luck. You're stuck with it. It's mm-hmm. up. You have to deal with it. You can't go back to the company who d- 
developed this knowing it was unsafe. Um, I told you I had statistics on the on the vaccine. So right now, the booster numbers are very sad. Sixteen point nine percent of the U.S. population, that's about fifty six million people, have received the updated by once again another word I don't know how to say booster dose. Now, that's not the one you were talking about. This must be the most current COVID. The one I was talking about is the one that's going to be coming out, I think, in the fall. Okay. All right. So. I thought they didn't know that, but they, I love that yeah, they've well, already Yeah, well, now they've identified it. this XBB strain. So now they're going in and altering the viruses to target that strain. And then it'll be ready, it'll be ready by the fall. So <laughs> this, is, this is a stark difference from 69.5%, 230 million Americans who got their initial mm-hmm. COVID vaccine at some point. About 81.4% received at least one dose of the vaccine. Did you ever get the vaccine? I did not. So you and I are of the 19% that don't that don't have any of whatever's in that vaccine mm-hmm. inside of our bodies. Yep. So nobody's getting the vaccine anymore, which I'm sure is just pissing off the pharma companies because they're probably losing a lot of money over this, which is well, why they have to go back to government and say, can you do a little push in the fall? Of course. That's why you're going to, I guarantee you're going to start seeing campaigns, you're going to start seeing commercials, all this push about getting your your booster shot. There's probably going to be a little bit of sprinkling of fear, like there's a new strain, winter months are coming, we're all going to die. die if you don't yeah. get it. You know, those tactics. And I wonder, do you think masks will come back? I mean, aside from the people still wearing them today. I don't think so. I, I would be I would be very surprised. I think people are so, most people are so over the masks, especially when it came to like kids and schools and all that. I, I would be, I would be very surprised if masks came back. I think it should be optional. If that's how people there's work. a lawmaker right now pushing for masks for two year olds. I don't know why well, he picked two year olds behind bars. Yeah, he got in, um, it was a pretty big fight on on. A, I mean, how do you how why? Well, that was the um, <clears throat> the person questioning him. That was his point. Show me one study where this was effective and not harmful. They can't even. There's no study showing that the lockdowns were effective. None of that. None of that worked. No, and like, we're and we're still trying to put. I mean, it's it's we adopt we adopted those policies from China. Yeah. Like we literally were like, hey, what do you do? And we just did it. We didn't ask any questions. We didn't we didn't do anything original for our own country. Once again, we followed in line with a country that doesn't have our morals, our principles, or our belief yeah, system in the well being of the people. The problem that's going to happen now with boosters is that most Americans who got boosters also got COVID. So right. the very first thing most Americans found out was, the first thing they were told about the vaccine was, so you won't get, get it. it. <laughs> and I think now that people have gotten uh. boosted and have gotten COVID, and I being one of them, that after I got my booster, I caught COVID twice in the same year. Yeah. Uh, one mild and one not so mild. Um, I survived. And I'm just going to tell you now, all the misinformation that they fed us, and now that's been released, is feeding into all of this mistrust. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, and most Americans, by the way, have probably had COVID. If you look at how many people. Well, yeah, at this point. They probably had COVID in many, multiple times. So they're thinking, I'm adding something to my body that they weren't honest with me in the first place, hasn't protected me. And it's easy for someone to say, well, if you didn't get it, you would have had a more serious case. 
that just doesn't hold water anymore because how do you prove that? How do you prove that? You don't. Most Americans were killed when the COVID first came out by being put on respirators, mm. which is now not the first thing mm. you do. So it's I mean, the worst thing you could do. That's exactly right. So bottom line is, this is going to be a tough sell. The only way I can see them ever getting control of our lives like this again is if there's a strain that comes out and it's literally killing people within days. Well, they're of probably it. working on making that right now. So, <laughs> <They may be. laughs> so there, yeah, it's happening. It's in. It's in process. It's funny. Well, when and, and it's. I mean, just think of. Let's just take the beginning of COVID. How many times they moved the goalpost on people? Right. You know, stay inside, mask yeah. up. You. You'll protect Two yourself. Weeks. Two weeks to slow the spread. And there was a lot of people at fault here. Shut down the economy and Businesses everything will, everything and will be fine. Yeah. Yep. Well, then it was, then get a, a vaccine and you won't catch COVID. Then it was like, oh, you'll catch it, but you can't transmit it. And then it was like, oh, you'll catch it and you'll transmit it, but it'll be milder. And now it's like everyone just, I, I, I would hope everyone is looking around at this point saying, uh-uh. Like, I'm going to make the decision right. for myself at this point because mm, this this has been moved way too many times. So this Joe Rogan podcast with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was very interesting. Listen, I'm not here to advocate for all of him or his belief system. I just pulled out a couple of points that I think are worth researching. So I've already spoken to the vaccines have a toxic element in them in order for the immune system to mount a response. The dead virus cells are not enough. So we are literally putting something into our body that we know is toxic. Mm-hmm. Mercury was used in the past. They're now using something different. 54% of our children today have chronic disease. Why? Think of the children in our family. How many of us have like FMF or like your daughter had an, had an issue that had to have surgery. Look at Trevor. Look at, I mean, there's just the kids in our family. Um, yeah. there, there's chronic disease. COVID was so catastrophic because we, we are burdened with chronic disease. We were over 60% of the deaths worldwide. 4.3 trillion towards healthcare. 80% of that is towards chronic yeah. disease. I believe it. Why all of a sudden? So can I ask you a question? When you were growing up and you went to school, how many kids had like peanut allergies? Not many. How many kids now have a, peanut allergies? A lot. A lot. A lot. So or like look at look at the rise of like ADD or ADHD. And things like that. Look at your face. You just got a major side eye by her. <laughs> Um, I feel like, and maybe back then we didn't know what to call it mm-hmm. or how to diagnose it, but I feel like there's such a focus on it today, and there's so many kids diagnosed with that. Same thing with autism. And autism. How many kids did you know growing up that like had severe autism? Well, that autism stat plays into a lot of anti-vaxxers. Um, yep, yes, 100%. There's, there's a lot of people, and I think RFK Jr. is one of them, mm-hmm. who truly believes that autism spike could be caused by all the vaccinations mm-hmm. we're giving From birth, children. and yes. yeah, He is one of the people that believes um, that particular fact about autism. He also brought up an interesting fact that autism is more prevalent in boys than girls. I don't know if that's true. I didn't get a chance to research it. 
Interesting. One of the other things that's on the rise today has been for many years recently, um, what do you call it, the gluten? Um, a celiac oh. disease. That's yeah. exactly right. Look at, look at how the spike occurred in about 15, 20 years. It's been unbelievable. What's leading to that? Our processed foods? But, but now it's wheat. Now, well, so I think it has to do with the way. I'm so glad you brought that up. So we're going to go over a two minute mark here because I had a very interesting conversation with a functional doctor uh, last night in my yoga class. Um, I, I was talking about this fantastic sugar free wine that I drank a couple nights ago. And is it JLo's? No, but it hit hard. It's a good wine. So. <laughs> We were talking about that, and then one of the other teachers was claiming how she got rid of sugar and how she felt so much better. But she had also just recently went to Italy. And she goes, while I was in Italy, we were eating pasta every night, pizza every night, sweets every night. She goes, and I didn't have that heavy, gross feeling like I do when I eat like that here in the United States. So the woman next to her is a functional doctor, and she said it's because of what we do to the food. Yes, it's a lot of preservatives. Yes, it's a lot of mass production. She goes, but the way that we fertilize our food is absolutely incorrect. She goes, if you take a box of inorganic strawberries and you soak them in water, she goes, you take the strawberries out and you use that water, you can kill weeds with it. She goes, we have... And she had a word for it. I don't remember what it's called. But what they fertilize our food with literally is poison. So she says, she goes, go home and try it. Take, take, from Wegmans. She goes, go buy strawberries, soak them in water, take that water and kill your weeds with it. I was like, oh. Awesome. I had strawberries yesterday, so. Now, she says organic has a little bit more regulation so she goes, it's not completely clean, but it's definitely better than inorganic. She's like, so it's, it's worth the extra money. It was an interesting conversation I had with her. And I was like, I, n- I never knew that, and I'm probably going to try that little experiment. Yeah, that's disturbing. Mm-hmm. So all of our food is like that, though. It's got so much crap in it. Because I guess we don't, we don't kill the crops off and then regrow them, but they do that in other countries. So we have a very different way of how we fertilize and grow our crops, which makes them significantly more unhealthy for us. Hmm. Mm. Great. Want to move on? <laughs> yeah, how did I you, have anxiety. <laughs> how did you do on this issue, uh, college affirmative action? I had to really research because I just am not as in touch with it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so our next topic is we're, we're talking about the college admission admi- affirmative action process. And apparently, I think this month, there is a court case that might rule it out, phase it out. Well, the uh, Supreme Court has actually heard the case. Yeah. And literally, the decision couldn't come down any day. Yes. Um, so the U.S. Supreme Court is expected to issue a decision later this month. Which will be interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is affirmative action? What I, I literally had to, like, Google, and yeah. I hate using Google because it's so biased, but affirmative action is basically getting rid of any type of qualification and focusing on the color of people's skin. Yes? In its basic form? So, I th- yeah. Basic. Basic form. I had that it stemmed from the civil rights movement in the 1960s, and in the context of higher education, it's typically 
typically refers to admission policies aimed at increasing the number of black, Hispanic, and other minority students on campus, based on that alone. Okay. That's a little bit more of a robust explanation. And I think there's, there are certain – I think there's nine um, public colleges and universities that have banned this. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other schools that are allowing it, I don't know if there's a certain percentage they, they meet every year of what – you know, of the diversity of students they're allowing in. But a lot of people struggle with this because they're saying – and I, I kind of agree. Look at the application, their background, their grades, you know – extracurriculars, community service type things. Like why, I feel like that should all, for every student you allow into your school, that should be the same across the board. 100%. I don't, I mean, how is that? But, you know, there's other people who argue, well, some people don't come from, have those same opportunities, and depending on where they live or where they grow up or their schooling, and it might not necessarily be fair for them. And they want to also give them an opportunity. And it makes the, the campus and the culture more diverse and a better experience for all. 1,700 colleges and universities have already made SAT and ACT test scores optional for admission. I started this. I would have loved that. I know. I, know. I mean, my God. You can just go anywhere you want. Seriously. Um. This, to me, goes back to the equity versus equality conversation. So equality is equal opportunity with varying results determined by free will, basically treating everyone the same, everyone is equal. Equity is discriminatory practices to create the same results regardless of free will. So basically treating everyone different to create the same results. And in my opinion, you cannot have both equality and equity because one contradicts the other. So I, I, I pulled up this picture that showed, you know, the, what equity does. And it basically had a baseball field, a fence, and then three people. One was short, one was medium, one was tall. The tall guy standing on his toes could see over the fence to watch the baseball game. The medium guy had one box, and the shorter guy had two boxes, so everyone was looking over the fence. And then directly next to it was another picture that basically cut the legs off of the shorter people and the tall guy and brought the fence way high so that nobody could see the game. So basically, equity works against everything. Mm I found a fantastic video of Candace Owens, who is very, very smart when she talks about this, because she comes from a, dif- a, a different perspective than you and I. Right. She's an African-American woman, um, and she, she just can speak very eloquently about this. She does. And once, you know, I know I bring up Dr. Phil a lot, but this, this video is four minutes long, but it's worth watching because she has, she has a little bit of back and forth with the gentlemen who disagree with her. Policies are harmful also to the people that they purport to help. Um, And we have all of the evidence there to look at. Uh, When you artificially place a black American into a school in which they do not belong based on their knowledge, doesn't mean that they go on to get A's. In fact, there was a black adjunct professor, you guys have definitely heard of him, Dr. Thomas Sowell, uh, who was teaching at Cornell University and he found that the majority of the black American students that were there were on academic probation. Now, these students were some of the smartest in the nation, but because they were artificially 
placed amongst their peers at Cornell University, they were failing on academic probation. These policies have never helped black Americans. It's just basically policies that are put in place to make people feel good, right? I feel like I'm doing something when in fact I'm actually creating harm. You either know the answers or you don't. Well, sharing that comment and joining our conversation is political commentator and activist Candace Owens. And also joining us is professor and chief academic officer for the University of Southern California Race and Equity Center, Dr. John Pascarella. And um, you're right about uh, Thomas Sowell. He also said equal opportunity policies are against racism. Affirmative action is racism under new management. He said it just doesn't work. It doesn't help and never has. And he tracked this over like 50 years. Uh, and he's a, a black professor, by the way. John, what do you think about this? I think that, you know, each college admissions committee that comes up with policies to consider someone's racial identity or racial background and experiences as one of many factors in the constellation of competitive factors that are considered um, is a good thing in institutions that have historically uh, excluded uh, people of color from admission uh, to their universities. Can I just ask a question? How do you consider it when we're telling you factually, in effect, it is a bad thing for the black students? What are the constellations of factors that involve them thriving or not? Is it solely due to their race? Uh, no, it's it's due to their intellectual capabilities, which is how students should be judged. And I do want to say and one- Is that limited to just their race? It's not limited to just their race, which is okay. why that would be an equal policy if you allowed people to be judged based on their merit, you know, on their merit and not based on their skin color. Yeah. It also, there's something about it that's very patronizing. You're a black person, so I assume that you can't get on this school based on your merit. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. think Sasha and Malia Obama are people that have struggled and therefore should be allowed to get into the college universities on a higher basis than white kids that have worked harder than them, especially Asian Americans, which we never discuss um, and are probably the most discriminated against in this country when it comes to universities. When you say, hey, As we have black students at a particular school who aren't performing at that school as well, the immediate assumption that you're making is, well, maybe it's because they're not smart enough, they're, they're not good enough, or they don't belong here. Whereas it could be about the experience that they're having at that institution. Professors who believe that they're not intelligent enough, that they don't have the capability to do the work, that they see them as criminals, deviants, dangerous, up to no good, or they talk about them with the they statements. They're lazy. They don't care. They don't really belong here. Uh, you're, they're you're only here for the financial I'm giving you actual facts. No, right? I'm giving so you can, actual facts based upon extensive research that's been done. We can say, well, maybe they just don't feel done. good, um, but that's not the case. I mean, I went, I went to university. I did not feel good, right? I, I didn't pull the best grades in high school, probably got into a better university than I should have gotten into based on my performance in high school. It wasn't because of my feelings. It's because I wasn't focused on it. And that we're talking about a cultural problem, what's going on back at home, as was in my circumstance. And none of that is because of institutionalized policy. Um, it almost seems like you guys refuse to accept that you know, black students aren't performing well, you feel like you have to have this burden of responsibility when in fact, if you actually wanted to help, you would look at the facts, re-examine the fact that it's not helping anybody, it's not helping black Americans to artificially place them into universities and you'd make effective change. But you're making the assumption that black students are academically inferior and they're not. No, they're you some are of our actually, most that's, brilliant that's what, that's students the, that's that we the have. basic, no, 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 that you are making the assumption that they are inferior. You just said that they don't belong there. <laughs> I'm talking about the students that are based on the policies that you are defending right now, saying that we should have these policies that let them into these universities, not based on their skill set, but based on the color of their skin. So you are assuming that they are inferior. I, I agree with her. Mic drop. Yeah, I do. I, I And I know that was a long video, but that, to me, kind of 
Because when I first started researching this, I was like, I don't know which way I feel about this. Um, oh, there's your funny TikTok video. Um, so when she, when I when I pulled that one up of Candace, I was like, this makes a little bit more sense. And it's interesting that that the the professors, the professors who, I don't know how they were raised. I don't know anything about their background. You got to go back because I have one more video. <laughs> Um, it's a short one. So Candace Owens, I think, kind of delivers at home with this video. Hopefully this is a little bit louder. I am not less than you because you are white. I don't need you to look at me and feel bad for me because of the color of my skin. And that's Facts. effectively what you're doing every time you take an application and you say, oh, well, this girl's black, so I kind of feel bad for her, so I'm going to put her at the top of the line. It's just, it's just not necessary. I believe, right, that black Americans are capable of performing in the same capacity as their white peers. You two don't Bingo. actually believe that. I because believe if you that. support Bingo. affirmative action, you are basically saying that black Americans cannot do it on their own. No, what Facts. I'm saying is that there's a history of racism and exclusionary practices. That instead, we're reducing it all the, all down, all the way down just to race. And what these admissions practices are actually doing is saying, no, there's a constellation of factors that we're considering in the holistic review of this, this guy's face. Stop it. So did you hear what she said at the end? She said, so then remove race from the application. If you want it yeah. to be a, a, a conglomerate of all these constellations, which is a weird word for him to use, but... Then, then remove race from the application because then, then you, you know, everyone has an equal opportunity, not an equity opportunity. I, I agree. Yeah. So I think Candace Owens, who, by the way, has a great perspective on this, and I think she speaks beautifully about it. She does. She really does. And I think along with that, it's like also get rid of the whole legacy admission where if your parents went to that school – or if you have, or, are coming from a big donor family, um, or if you just have the right connections based on who you know, that should also be looked at because that's also not fair. That's not leveling the playing field for anybody. You're just kind of guaranteed a foot in because of, you know, who you, you know. Were, yeah, who you know. It's kind of like Hunter Biden right now who's not going to go sit in jail because of his daddy. All about who you know. Um, so I, I'm curious, Megan, on your thoughts about two questions that I had. Um What's more important, skin color or qualification? I think qualification. Should you be given different standard if you have a specific skin color? No. I think it should be based on, on your capabilities and your skill sets. And it's not always just about grades, right? Like some people just aren't good test takers or good at, you know, what their grades maybe don't show what they're capable of. But I think it's like look at the whole well-being of a person mm -hmm. and that could be coming from many different things and I don't think it matters what ethnicity you are what the color of your skin is I think it should be equal for everybody equal opportunity for everybody and I think that this basic stance that the left takes because I, I believe it for affirmative action and I believe it for our next topic about student loan I call it unforgiveness <laughs> um, where this basic stance that the left takes about we're born in America and we can be whatever we want to be and be free and do what we want based off of how hard we work. They don't like that stance. What they want you to believe is that whatever station you're born into, you're stuck there and you need the help of government yeah, to get you out. Yeah, the government's there to help you. But you know what? How about we take a look at 
I think it's more than this issue. Why not make look at the colleges and the tuition that half of these places cost to go there that don't allow half these people to go to? Well, the second government got involved with the, the with loans and all of this stuff, that's when tuition went through the roof. It's like you're making it almost impossible for a lot of families to even think about college. And I'm I, I once again, I will go back to my my basic my basic belief system. I two rules in my life. The money I make goes in my pocket and I want the government to stay out of my way. Every time government gets involved, things just get more complicated and mucked up or expensive mm-hmm. or slower. I, I just I get out of the way. I I do not like big government because I don't find a way where where it's ever succeeded. Where it's ever been like, "Oh, I'm really glad like government's taken that right. over." Well, you know and, what I mean? I think today in today's world, we're at the point where there's no trust. So it's like you really don't think that they're doing anything for your well-being. And, I mean, look at the facts. I mean, I'm scared for our, our children. Yeah, trade schools. Let's, let's focus on those. Let's, let's get into the trades. College <laughs> is not for everybody, and that's okay. I mean, trade schools are amazing. I, I look at young contractors today, and I'm like, you guys can be billionaires in the future because nobody is doing what you do. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I also went in, my, my mind was spiraling because this affirmative action thing, now that I, I was a little more educated on it, I was like, well, wait a minute, is this happening now in the workplace where we are, people are being awarded positions they are not qualified for, but they check a box for lack of a better term. Well, and I think it's that and also hiring. So, well, look at Pete Poot. Pete Poot Buttigieg, Poot Edge Edge, whatever, however you say That's his how name. I'm saying it from now on. The first gay transportation secretary. I don't care what he does behind closed doors. Is he qualified well, for the position? Right. But I think a lot of companies today have to meet that quota of diversity, inclusion, all of that kind of all wraps into that. So you have a new job posting. And, and you're getting a slew of, of applicants, you're going to look at certain things so we depending go, on what the need is. So we well, go that's, back. That's actually called DEI. Most companies now. What does the E stand for? Equity. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. There's yeah. the equity. And, that we, is a, and, that, and that is a checkoff box for many companies. And um, to be part of the DEI initiative from the government, you get certain benefits. Yes. It's a CEG rating or ECG rating. Yes. And companies have to have a certain level of ECG. Am I getting that right? Google it. AJ, Google that for me. <laughs> but basically, and, it, and it's based off of DEI. Mm-hmm. And that middle word, equity, which we explained earlier, is basically, you're basically moving the goalposts to try and force an outcome. Mm-hmm. And, and it's and not it equality. Not, it, right. Right. It's equity. I if I had to pick which one I like better, I prefer equality. I think every human can do anything they want and is amazing. I don't believe that they need the help or the government to raise them up. Right. But that's but the government but we've wants instilled you to think in people. That. Yes, we've been preaching that for how long now? I mean, look at Sam Britton. That's that that lunatic that stole the designer's clothes. <laughs> He's now the former senior Department of Energy official. I wonder what he's up to now. But he was he was broadcasted as one of the first nine uh, non-binary. non-binary DOEs. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. But look what he does. He steals people's clothes. And wears them. And wears Out them. Out in public. Or lady. I mean, are we just checking boxes here? Or are we, are we actually logically thinking through these things? Agreed. And, and everyone wants to talk about this word inclusion, which in my opinion only excludes people. I don't know, growing up, were you included in everything in your life? No, and you didn't know, not everyone's a winner, and not everyone gets a trophy. Neither like, was I. <laughs> I wasn't included in lots of cliques right. and lots of things in my life. And I'd rather, instead of teaching kids to stomp their feet. It builds character. And being, and being having a temper tantrum and making it a political issue, teach them how to deal with when this doesn't work out, it opens another door for them. No, we're, we, no, we, we don't do that teach now. them that. Now we you get a pill if you have issues later on. Yeah, and, and you go see Dr. Titus Deletus. Did I say that right this time? Titus Deletus. Titus Deletus. There you go. Which is also another thing that strikes me is like they're calling it top surgery or bottom surgery. Yeah, top and bottom surgery. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's call it what it is. You're removing your breasts. You're chopping off your manhood. Mm-hmm. Because you can't go out and say that, Megan, because that would startle people. Because yeah, it's startling. And you would be, you know, considered a whatever. So we soften the wording for top surgery and bottom surgery, which is well, we're so, supposed to praise it, which is so bizarre. Okay, before I before slam we go my down. face against the wall over this one, <laughs> once again, so college affirmative action will come down at any point. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out for sure. And, and listen, depending on what it is, whichever group will have a meltdown. Yes, um, we'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see. There'll be a there'll be a fight either way. Want to talk and about? We'll be here to talk about it. And we'll, <laughs> want to talk about student loan I forgiveness? Mean, this is another one. Or it's transfer, just, transfer. Yeah, transfer. Gets what added you got to your on taxes. What do you got? Because we talked about this a little bit before. We did. Um, this one, I. It's like just make the decision already, okay? <laughs> he came out with the announcement. You even have your segments separated. <laughs> That's how I stay organized. Yeah. So basically there was $400 billion Mm. in student loan forgiveness. Mm. Um, But I think as of a couple weeks ago, the House, they couldn't get enough votes to override Biden's veto to killing the program. So it's still potentially a possibility. It's illegal. You understand the president does not hold the power of the purse. He thinks he does. He does not hold the power of the purse. He cannot promise that much money to the taxpayer without the rest of his government. And the House is never going to allow it. I feel like this is just going to keep going back and forth till the end of time. It's a lie. It was all... It is a lie. And people know that that's, this isn't just going to be given. I started literally... What you can't see on the screen was a big picture of Biggie Smalls. That said, it was all a dream. (laughs) I used to read Word Up magazine. (laughs) It was all a hoax to buy them votes. And it still is a hoax to buy them. Yeah, so we're going to keep dragging this along, dragging it along. And then eventually, you know, maybe years from now, it'll it'll die. This this crap where we're just going to keep getting in front of the microphone, you know, President Cheese Brain over here and say, everything (laughs) is free. Yeah. He lies. He wants you to think that he's... You know, he knew it was illegal and he promised it anyway. Yes. People should be pissed there's about a, there's this. There's apparently around 43 million Americans that are eligible for that relief. 
They're never gonna get. And now there's like all these scams that people are getting yes, scammed out of, of course, money. Of course, this is the definition of being gaslit. It yes. is illegal. He lied, and he knew he lied, and he promised it anyway. And everyone's like, "Oh, it's still a possibility. It's never gonna happen." He has no right to promise that much money on taxpayer taxpayer shoulders. One hundred percent. It's crap. It makes it me is. upset. Again, you to your point. It was. To get votes, make false promises, which is you know, and, love and our to media do. just pushes this, and they crap. push it out there. It's it's wild, absolutely wild. Oh, so we'll see what happens with that as well. I mean, I don't know. I went to um the uh, the government student government debt relief announcement, um, and here's what it said: President Biden, Vice President Harris, and the U.S. Department of Education have announced a three part plan to help working and middle class federal student loan borrower borrowers. Transition back to the regular payment as pandemic-related support expires. Did people get their credit card debt forgiven? This is kind of like the, oh, you don't have to pay your rent, but you have to pay your mortgage. Yeah. Crap. Yeah. So why do we have to pay for other people's children to go to school? The U.S. Department of Education will provide up to $20,000 in debt relief for the Pell Grant recipients Mm -hmm. with loans held by the Department of Education and up to $10,000 in debt relief to the non-Pell Grant recipients. I I got really into the weeds because I just stumbled upon a CNN headline, which just was really, really upsetting to me. So... This is the headline, okay? College debt relief program rests in the hands of nine wealthy and elite people, meaning the Supreme Court. Mm. Whoever wrote this article, do they even know the background of the justices? I'm going to say no. I mean, let's take Clarence Thomas. Born in Georgia, raised in poverty and homeless. And his first language wasn't even English. And he climbed his way to the top. Sonia Sotomayor, born in poverty in the middle of the Bronx. Hmm. So once again, it's the left's position not to hold stories like that up as something amazing and what America stands for, but instead they want people to believe that whatever station you are born into, you cannot rise without the help of government. So same concept, different topic. And, you know, just the media being the media is that's what they're gonna that's what they're gonna put out. That's the vision they're gonna lay out for you. It's just entitled to me to demand that someone else pays for your your debt. Right. Because these kids think they're it's literally being forgiven. It's just being transferred to people who pay taxes. Mm-hmm. And taxes already are out of control and I think is government theft, but once again, I like my money to go to me. Well, you know, at the end of the day, don't you wish they would start looking at the root cause of high tuition costs for college? That's what I mean. It is an absolute joke at the inflation rate of college <laughs> tuition compared to everything else. It's yeah. exploding. And to your point, Chrissy, when the government got involved in loans, you could get a loan. Parent plus parents could get loans. You could use it for anything, books. And this is what happens. They they encourage the borrowing. Mm -hmm. And, of course, when you open up opportunities for people to borrow money pretty easily, they do it. Right. And now you have the situation here. There is a ton of student debt. 
kids are leaving colleges with such an enormous debt. It's going to be many, many it's years. It's going to take half their so, life to but pay why off. Are, shouldn't we be looking at the college colleges themselves? Right. Who many sit on endowments. 100%. In, in the billions and billions. Could we look at why the tuition costs have gone up in those colleges? I mean, I think that's the root problem here. And until we, again, like everything else in this country, we never look at the root problem of no, anything. We just, we just band-aid it. Right. We, we try to band-aid it or kick it down the road or try to give out money that we just print hmm. that we don't have. Yes, that we don't have. goes through the roof. And we devalue and they make you our think dollar. that they're doing you a favor. That's right. To your point, because I, for those of you that don't know, I stayed in college for a very long time. No, I do not have a PhD. A lot of people PhD. go to college for seven years. <laughs> I know, they're called <laughs> doctors. Nothing to show for it. Um, <laughs> at the end of my college career, um, I was catching wind of the loan payment, like, Hey, you need to have lunch today? Go get a loan. Hey, you need to buy a new book? Go get a loan. Hey, you want to buy the the, the college T-shirt? Just go get a loan. I yeah. mean, it was everywhere. Yeah. Every piece of advice that came out of a teacher, a counselor's mouth was like, "Well, just just get a loan. Hey, go get another loan." You got to because I got a lot of parking tickets in Brockport because I just refused to park. <laughs> like where, my brother, where I was supposed to. <laughs> they literally were like, "Well, if you can't pay it, we can we can set you up with the loan." But here, and this is where they get you to. It's like Thank get God a loan. My you don't have to worry about it right now. Get it. Right It'll now. kick in later. And so you're like, great. Well, as a kid, that sounds awesome. <laughs> this is great. I don't have to worry about this right now. You just, I get the money. It's like when you get the, it's when you get the bill from, from the lunch cafeteria. Cause, cause your kids are just, oh, they just think every it's free. week. Yeah. Low, yeah. low, low yeah, account balance oh, again. Yeah. <laughs> I just put money in there and sh- I'm like, Ellie, what? And then I'll, the best is when you make the lunch and they come back with the lunch that you made. And I'm like, what did you eat? I just, I bought ice cream and, and I'm like, okay. I love that she says I bought. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, where do you, where do you think the money comes from? I don't know. And just, she doesn't have to think know. about that. You just go up to the counter, you pick out whatever you, you want, imagine? and it's already taken care of. How magical is that? That's how they make you feel. Oh, you're gonna you get all this money. You can pick out whatever you would like. I would don't worry about it. I would get the bill. Eight hundred pounds, by the way. I'd be like one of those and those and those well, and those. And this that, is totally that, off that. topic, but like my issue is it's a K through two school. Why are we selling ice cream? To seven-year-olds who have the freedom to pick whatever they want. Why are we giving want? them the choice? Why are we allowing them to pick ice cream? Because <laughs> they're going to pick ice cream. <laughs> like, that's going to be her meal. <laughs> so why are we that doing that? our meal. You think she's going to... The best is when she tries to tell me she ate a salad. I'm like, eh, I'm sure you did. <laughs> you probably just dumped the ranch packet in your mouth you really... with your ice cream. <laughs> no, she poured the ranch <laughs> on top of the ice cream. Yeah, there you go. Oh. Oh, it's funny. But yeah, that's basically the same feeling that you're getting with these with these student loans. It's sad. It is sad. It's not even the kids' fault. No, they were sold a bill it, of goods. Think about how many people, and and we, I feel like this was our generation too. Like, college is what you aimed to go and be part of. Like, I maybe I think it's changing a little bit now, but. They Back shoved when it I down was in our high school, throats. it was like you have to go to college. There's well, you, no other choice for you. You were going to be not. You were. It was like, did you ever see Divergent? Yeah, it's been, I mean, a long time Okay, ago. where the, the premise in diversion is you either succeed in your fraction or yeah, you, you fail. <laughs> factionless, and then you're like the failures yeah. of the world. That's how it was built for yeah. us. When in reality, it doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't work for a majority of people. It doesn't. But, that, you know, that's how it was. And and I think it is a big deal. Like, you, it's great to be college educated. It's great to do all of that. I think it makes sense for certain career fields, of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But... 
now it's almost so hard. You know, when you go into college, you're going to have this giant debt afterwards. And for most American families, you can't college. That's not tuition's not taken care of for you. Like you can't afford to just pay the tuition up front. You know what no, I mean? It's not the lunch line. No. So it's just it's sad because I think a lot of people are going to miss out on that opportunity. Well, the, isn't isn't the college loan payment for a lot because they defer and defer yes. and defer. Because they're trying to get a job out of college, which is hard enough. And you're like, you're making nothing. So what happens is they literally forego almost a mortgage payment every month because mm-hmm. they have to pay back their student loan debt. Yeah. And and I I, I don't believe it's the children's fault. However, I, I don't believe that we should be paying their debt for them because this is kind of the learning no, lessons I don't think of life. Either. I don't think that either. I mean, I did this with a credit card. <laughs> yeah, it's like... You shop out your credit much. card and being like, oh, well, we're just going to, don't worry about it. We'll pay it for you. I mean, I like legit won't allow myself a credit card because I, I have a very strict rule in my life. Like you spend what you have. Yeah. But I mean, these I days it's like you, there's too many things that you have to pay money for that you, there is nothing to spend. Mm-hmm. So people go to the credit cards, they go, you know, for these loans and it's, it's rough. So we have one more topic because let's, so speaking of, speaking of money, free food. <laughs> yeah. Tipping, tipping, tipping. AJ's got a story from this morning. AJ can't stand it. Well, I think <laughs> as you probably all know, experienced recently, you're getting bombarded now when you walk into yeah. a retailer oh. and I'm not talking a restaurant, I'm not talking hotels or room service, or your housekeeping, daily housekeeping, whatever. You go into a Brugger's. I just drove up to a Starbucks today. This is the first time this has actually happened. Um, They have asked me if I wanted to add a tip. Um, For literally handing you their coffee. Oh, wow. The device to, but at Brugger's, and, and at Starbucks today, the woman at Starbucks actually brought out the device and said, here, it's easier if you hold it. I've never oh. been asked for me to hold really? the card device. I Yeah, that's never happened the, to me either. Because the first Quiet. thing that I is see the on tip? the screen is, would you like to add a tip? And I want, you know, So that, that was her way of... That just infuriated me. <laughs> you already have the tip jar out there at every Starbucks, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like the next time I'm taking the tip jar. Six seventy five for a, 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 a latte, okay? So bottom line is... I don't feel you've done anything special for me except made the coffee except that I do ordered. your job. And most, no, most of the time, the people at the window aren't the ones making the coffee. And I love they literally just listen, hand you the coffee. I love Starbucks. Here's the thing, Brugers, you walk in, and now I've got to go out in the machine. Would you like to add a tip? They've just removed all the tables, by the way, that you might or you Wanna used to enjoy sit your at. Food and have oh, they coffee. did. Yes, yeah. you oh, can no longer get a table. It is they've removed them from Brugers. This to me is this Brugers. Yeah, bagels. I just find it just irritating that now everybody wants a tip for doing literally nothing but getting you your hot. That's like asking for tips at McDonald's. I mean, I mm-hmm. haven't, I don't go to McDonald's, but do they ask you for tips at McDonald's? Probably. I mean, to <laughs> me, what's going on here? Minimum wages skyrocketed in most states, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, I just don't, I find it really intrusive on the consumer's end. I mean, I get, I certainly tip well for the services that I feel. For actual services. Deserve, that's right. And I, but this, uh, and now I'm going into places 
And there's a little sign up saying that if you use a credit card, <laughs> it's there's going to be a 3% surcharge on your bill. Oh, because credit card fees can ha- have gone up. Oh, I mean, in our company alone, we're tens of thousands of dollars of credit card. So can so you see how it's they're, it's they're just whacking us everywhere. Financial yeah. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what everybody's doing. Well, the purpose of tipping was to help financially support support the 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 low income not the low well, income. it's usually the people that aren't making um, minimum wage minimum wage like like restaurant service uh, they rely on tips right they're not making the minimum wage the I'm, people behind the windows at these places that's are very making true. minimum wage they don't make minimum wage because they know a lot of their income is going to come, come from, from tip. tipping well it's also happening now at like gas stations too yeah it's gas stations it's coffee shops it's, a bottle it's of water. um it's it's for everything and those people in those places mm-hmm. Are I think majority are making minimum wage. The pro- of course they are. They're making it's, fifteen to sixteen dollars an hour. They're not making like when we serve like five dollars an hour. And you needed those tips to survive. Exactly. It's it's getting ridiculous. And what's happening though is because people are like you, and they're like, "This is so stupid. It's killing that industry yeah. that needs the tips." I mean, I'm a big tipper. I was a server, so I will over tip all day long. But even I'm at the point where I'm like. You uh, should I be tipping myself because you did nothing. You right. did absolutely right. nothing. Um, now there are some things that I I will tip for, that is in restaurant dining, well, no of problem course. at all. Yeah, spa services like nails and hair and massage. Absolutely, I will tip because for that. you're spending. Someone is physically. I know. Help, giving Cleaning you a service. my feet. Yeah. Um, food delivery <laughs> because I will pay any amount of money to have you come to me. Yes, you physically drove here. And like a Lyft or an Uber ride. Those yes. are like my hard lines. Everything else. But doing this, have a great day. <laughs> that doesn't require a tip. You did that really good. Have a great day. Um, you know, the best job, it doesn't ever work out for you. <laughs> no, I, I did that Customer service, maybe. Your... Coffee shop barista was not for me. <laughs> not for me. I panicked. I, if they didn't want a black coffee, I was like. You want to what now? <laughs> I was like that as a bartender. If it didn't have the, like, rum and coke, if yeah. it didn't have the ingredients, I was like, I'm just going to oh, make yeah, that it was strong. I'm going to put a lot of stuff in there, panic. make it the right color. Yeah, Panic. And I would just be like, you just hope for the best. Really have a great day. <laughs> um, the best, though, is when you, when the person's looking at you, right, and they know you're looking at the tip screen and you're hitting decline and you're both just like, thank you. <laughs> like, well, it's that that's awkward, the other problem. It's that awkward experience that we just shared because... I'm declining tipping you for doing nothing. And no one wants to acknowledge it. Maybe so we, it also makes the customer feel weird. It makes you feel like, should I be tipping? You know, it makes it uncomfortable, I think, for the whole transaction. I'm a huge advocate for, like, nobody can make you feel anything. The experience can. Like, the person themselves not Ooh, making me feel. That was a good hit back. Yeah. The person's not making me feel. It's the experience, the fact that I'm standing here with this tip screen that you're looking, watching me do... And I'm hitting no. <laughs> and it's weird. It's just weird. Do you have any videos about this? I have. It's not. It's just about how expensive everything is and the whole tipping thing in general. But um, this guy just hit, was, he was cracking me up. When did everything become a hundred bucks? Every time I walk out of my house, it's a hundred dollars. So true. Just want to get coffee. A hundred dollars. That's just the new 20. It's, it is. Everything is a hundred bucks. And the way these people have, like, the to-go, just quick service, you're not doing much. You're punching it in the computer and going, Renee, coffee! <laughs> They're not even doing it. And they turn that iPad around yeah. and go, it's just going to ask you a few questions. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, they don't know what it's going to ask you. <laughs> it's like, she wrote the test. <laughs> you know what it's going to ask me. It's going to be like, oh, do you want to tip 25, 35, or 75 percent? <laughs> I know, what happened to 20%? Well, that's the thing. Some of these places give you ranges up to almost like 40% sometimes. And it's like, for what? For what? Ugh, 40%. It's just, it's out of control. So based on what I'm looking at here, the high, the age range that really tips the most um, is oh, 65 and older. So the baby boomer generation. Okay. The second best is the 25 to 34 really? year old. Yes. Oh, that's oh, right at, that's right at the cutoff. The two worst ones are, the worst one is the 18 to 24, which kind of makes sense. Okay. 18 to 24. And the second worst one is between 45 and 54. So I found that interesting. That is interesting. Um, I wonder why. Um, but again, I, I just think that it hurts the people that deserve the tipping. It does. Because now you have a state. Now you have a because negative thought about Amer- it. Americans have to understand what you met. You both mentioned earlier. Minimum wage is paid to those people working in quick service. It's the restaurants mm-hmm. that and, and the hotel staff that are going to be making sometimes less. Well, yeah. Especially in restaurants because they know your income is going to be solely mm-hmm. based or mostly based on the your s- the service you provide. On the service you right. provide the tipping. And I think Americans are, are not getting swamped with all these requests for tipping. It's it's just after everything's inflated. It's like we this is wait wait, wait before you, before you play this, just to follow up with that. I have I go out to eat a lot, but I struggle when I sit because the service these days is not great. I'm just going to put it out there. You guys don't know how to serve. There are definitely servers that know how to serve, but for the most part, it is horrendous service. And from someone who served for like 10 years, when you have to make your money on your quality of work, like you just become better. I mean, and and I just, I look at the service today and I'm like, why is my water not filled? Why is my coffee not filled? Where is my wait? Because I know what goes into waitressing. It's not that hard. I you 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 just have to do better quality of work and you would get a better tip. And we are expected now because the 18% to 20% gratuity is automatically just put on there. So they don't have to lift a finger to do anything yeah, special already for getting anybody. It. Do you think it's just cuz they have trouble finding staff? I feel like that's some of it too. I I think everybody has trouble finding staff. Good staff. Who's training your staff and who's watching over the staff? You know, actually, it's been said a lot. Like, they're having trouble finding staff. I'm kind of leaning that a lot of these businesses don't want to hire back to the hiring numbers they used to have. Mm. I think they like the fact that people are literally working a lot harder with yeah. less people to serve the same number of tables. Mm-hmm. How many times have you gone in a restaurant and they're telling you, or you've called a restaurant, nothing open? Oh, all the, yes. all the then, time. And then it's let's say you get weeks. in, you, you get there, and there's, there's tables not being served. Yep. And they say they just don't have enough help. I would love to really find out, do they just not want to pay for another couple of servers like they used to have in the old days? I, I, I think there's something going on here. I truly believe there's something going on here. Because where are these people working? I don't know. Yeah, They're working at the Starbucks. 
Handing the coffees out. <laughs> Getting tips for nothing. Tips. This yeah. is the best This is how I feel. Scene. I think this is how most Americans feel. No, ma'am, I'm afraid that's not allowed. Help me. <laughs> Help me, I'm poor. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's a joke. It's a joke. But cool. I, but I, I think that this whole tipping thing is going to be around for a while too. I don't think it's going away. I think it's now there. It's expected. Ugh. But I mean, for me to be handed the device in my car. That's weird. And I mean, I, I was blown away. I, I was absolutely, usually they'll just take my card, but this here, it's easier for you to hold this. Is that just so she didn't have to say? Yes. You know, and then she's, and then, and then there was a reflection on the screen. She goes, "Oh, if you hold it up," and I th- then I saw where it said, "How much would you like to add a tip?" And I, I, I felt so. I don't know. I, I just felt so abused by, <laughs> oh by having that thrust I feel at me in my car. And then I had to hand it because it's, it's connected too. It's not like it's a free. It was plugged in. Yeah. So I, I mean, it was just so amazing that it's that's now so much in your face. That, you know, it was so obviously, you know, I mean, I couldn't find the zero fast enough. (laughs) I know. I know. I feel like when it first started happening, I would panic sometimes and you would just hit like the lowest amount because you, I don't know. I just felt like it was such a weird thing to do, like for them to have a screen that's now asking me to tip. But now I'm like, no, zero. Zero I think it's going to continue to get out of control. Yeah. For uh, sure, it's there. Those once well, this is technology. Can we go back to how technology just well, you know, ruins just, just everything? Just add more fire to the fire to this. I mean, Brugger started charging. <laughs> <laughs> I usually order when I order bagels for the grandkids or whatever. Two blueberry ba- the blueberry bagels cost more because I guess they got blueberries in it. Blueberries are expensive. So now I got to pay oh, more my. for certain types of bagel, and then they're asking me for a tip. My, my mom went to dinner last night with the Three Musketeers. And I saw that review. She saw on, I love that restaurant, so I'm, too. I'm a little shocked. But uh, I, right? Oh, what's right? I know. Um, she was upset about an administration fee. What's an administration fee? That's what she said. And she go, and they were like, oh, for marketing changes and, or no market kidding. changes. Market, oh, like, because, well, they sell a lot of. But an administration fee. Are you serious? There you go. Every, every, money, 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 money. It's wherever they can get you. Yeah. It's like when you Instacart. There's a service fee and it's huge. I mean, I stopped doing it because it's so, it adds so much money onto your bill. Well, I think Instacart's totally worth it. Listen, I, I, I've used it a lot and it is convenient, especially if, you know, you're just busy and you can't necessarily get to the store, but the curbside pickup is just as convenient. True. I, I have and a you save that, money that way. I have a friend that works in it. Um, it's a great service. It's a great service. Yeah, it's quick. To, I mean, it's usually. I did it quick. once where they actually delivered to me, and they didn't have what I ordered, but the person was like sending me pictures of what was in the what they did have. Yeah, some are great. Some and people I, are great, and I tipped her good because I was like, "Thank you." Like that was some great are very thorough. I've had one that they stole half my groceries. So, <laughs> oh no, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. All right. Well, go out and tip. Um, well, or don't. Or don't. not. <laughs> Tip where you should. Let's put it that way. Um, and we'll leave you with our, our buddy Jill. Just. Because so this me. is the best. Yes, guys, have a great day. Thanks for we'll, coming. We'll see you next time. <laughs>